0: We don't normally do this, but I just wanted to say, welcome to November. And while many of you won't love November the way I do, because, well, quite frankly, based on where you live in the world, according to stats, you don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my favorite time of the year. It's my favorite holiday because I get to spend time with my loved ones and the people I care about the most. And even if you can't celebrate or even if you don't celebrate it, you can celebrate Movember. Movember stands for tackling prostate cancer, testicular cancer, men's mental health, and suicide prevention. Uh, and we all have a male in our lives or a man in our lives that we love and want to be around for even longer. So uh, do what you can to help raise awareness and support Movember. The Ugly Inside has done this for the past couple of years. Uh, you can actually help them support it by going to mobro.co slash inside the link is in the show notes. Uh, and by the way, I am growing a mustache for Movember. Uh, I am going to ruin my family pictures. Uh, so hopefully you don't have to. All right. So head over to mobro.co slash the ugly inside and help support. All right. Uh, now let's get to the show.
1: It's in field to Made, 25 yards out.
0: Lovely ball for Pella. Onside!
1: What there? Blue foul shot! Oh my word! He ran around the bit, but Bamley on ice will be very, very embarrassing to watch.
0: And now your host. Your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. Available right here on southamptondelivery.com. My name is Matt and I am the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope you enjoy it. And thanks for joining us for episode 150 of the show. It means so much to me that so many of you have been here for so long, and it means just as much to me that so many of you are now joining the show and finding the show for the first time. Um, So thank you to all of you. It wouldn't be possible without you and the guests. And I'll talk a little bit about that with Rob Maddox, who joins me this week. You can find him on Twitter at James Lord Prowse or on Instagram at Rob Maddox underscore. But um, I don't want to episode 150 is great. Uh, It it is a a bit of a milestone. It feels good, um, but it's not taking center stage this week. There are other people doing other big things that deserve to be mentioned and none more so than Saints FC fan of Chicago who joined uh, Patreon this week to become the newest Patreon member. Uh, so thank you for that you and the rest of the $5 a month patrons be on the lookout for a new episode coming to you exclusively uh, before our match against Watford. So thank you so much for that. I do really do appreciate it. And just two quick things before we get into the interview with Rob Maddox. Uh, Congratulations to the guys over at the In That Number podcast for hitting episode 50. And the show has evolved so much from day one to now. So if you don't know, Ray and Kevin do a great job of putting together a podcast each and every week uh, dedicated to Saints just like this one, just like the Total Saints podcast, just like the Saints FC podcast. It's one more podcast that we have. Uh, And it means a lot, I think, to the fans and everybody else. Um, There is a a little bit of a community between the podcasters that that is nice. But um, the coverage of the team, I think, is important. And now more so than ever, because we're losing Adam Leach. And Adam wrote his final verdict for the Southern Daily Echo. He covered his final match for the Southern Daily Echo. Uh, And the verdict is often the first thing I look for when I get up on a Monday morning. And I'm a little bit sad now that I will not have that from Adam Anymore, and I think, uh, as I wrote about in the newsletter uh, last Friday, I think it's it's vitally important that we continue to have somebody to cover the 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 team each and every week that has that access that the Echo has, uh, because I think that now more so than ever, it is very very uh, kind of important that we hold the team accountable, we hold the club accountable uh, for what we see uh, and what's going on, uh, both on and off the pitch. So uh, thank you, Adam, for your your dedication over the last eighteen years, and best of luck to you um, and you know, I guess now we'll keep going forward. And this is the Thanksgiving season. I am very, very thankful to you for listening and supporting the show. It means a ton. Uh, and, uh, although, uh, in the United States and elsewhere around the world, this Friday is the, the biggest shopping day of the year, uh, for many people. Um, but I'll just say this, look at our record in the transfer window. You can't just expect to spend a lot of money and get something that you really want that, that does the job for you. So, um, Use that as some as a guide, I guess, as you go out and uh, you know spend your hard-earned money. And we'll talk to Rob a little bit about that as well because uh, he works in retail. So let's get into the rest of the episode, and I will talk to you on the other side. Thanks again for listening to episode 150 of the show. I really do appreciate it. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast Rob Maddox. You can find him on Twitter at James Lord Prowse or on Instagram at Rob Maddox underscore Rob, uh, we're talking just a few hours after the close of the Arsenal—the final whistle, I should say—of the Arsenal match, uh, a two-two draw, and I'll say a disappointing two-two draw, I think, uh, based on the way that uh, you know you and I feel right now. But um, yeah, we're recording now because you got to go into work tomorrow because retail at at Currys in this time of year—it's you got you got to be there.
1: Oh yeah, I mean it's stupidly busy. I mean, do do me a favor, everyone if you're listening, just go buy online instead of coming to store. <laughs> Please, you'll save me so much. Um, but yeah, it, it feels—I mean—at this point, the game feels more like a defeat than a than a win. Um, but yeah, Matt, I just like to congratulate you on—you know—your 150th episode. That's uh, something to be proud of. Something to be very proud of. And I, I think the whole community thanks you for that.
0: Oh, well, I I appreciate that very much. It's been—it it hasn't been a solo effort, even though I'm the only one you know officially doing the show. Because without guests like you and and everybody else, this would be the—I uh, mean. No, I don't think, I don't think I would do it if it was just me, if it was just me talking into a microphone, that's not, that's not yeah. why I do this, you know? So this is, uh, it, it means a lot that I have, I haven't had 150 people on here, but I've had a, a lot of, well over a hundred people join the show and to, to have people contribute and be able to talk about the team. And that's, that's really what it's about. So, um, uh, so thank you. I appreciate that. And thanks everybody for, yeah, for cool. listening. Um, thank you. and I was telling telling you beforehand, I think in 150 episodes, I think this is the first time I've ever double booked uh, the show. Um <laughs> yeah. I forgot to write down I was supposed to have Tom on here and I feel I feel really bad. So Tom, I'm sorry. Uh um, sorry, Tom. It's yeah, I not not the way I wanted to wake up this morning, but it it's it's all right. Uh we'll we'll get Tom on soon. So um Anyway, we, we we have a couple of things to talk about. Um, I mean, aside from the match, uh, there's also you know rumors and links and and everything else about selling the club or not selling the club. Um, but uh, I do also want to talk a little bit about Adam Leach leaving the Southern Daily Echo and uh, yeah. what that means, I think, for our coverage of the of the team. But um, I mean, for you coming back from the international break, what were I I guess what were your expectations of the of the club? We, this is the second time we've gotten a draw, I think, coming back from the break. I can't remember what happened the first time we came back, yeah. but I know we got a draw against Wolves. I think last time. So, uh, I mean, what were you expecting the team to, to show up like, and and was that lineup, I guess, what you what you wanted to have happen?
1: I mean, I, from looking at the lineup, I don't think it was what anyone expected um, to see. I, some people had it down as a four four two. Some people had it down as a four three three. I was excited to see Obafemi start, and I thought he played out absolutely out of his skin. But we'll go into that later. Um, in terms of coming back from the international break. Obviously, you're going to see with teams that they look a lot more fresher, but they've worked on stuff. And I think we needed the break to just kind of reset. Because I was at the Everton match, and the first half, that was the worst first half of football I've ever seen. That is the worst first half of football I've seen in St. Mary's, <laughs> which is saying something um, in recent form. But, I mean, we, 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 we go into it, we go into away matches with a lot less pressure. I mean, I was reading today, um, if you take out home, home points and home, home results, um, we're eighth in the league for a, if, if only away matches counted. But you can't, you can't really expect much going into, going into this. Cause we, we are the worst defense in the league. We've conceded 23 goals in seven games. And we've lost six of those games. It's ridiculous. Um, it's a hard time, but I think the international break came at a good time for Ralph just to sit down, take a breather, and work with what he's got. Um, you could obviously see today we looked a lot fresher. We were pressing from the start, which is obviously something that he hopes, you know, we can work into defending from the front because we, we kind of need to defend from the front. I mean, so our defence is so poor. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think some people were surprised not to see Che Adams feature on the bench, but I don't care that we played, you know, fifteen. 15 million for him in the summer. We've got players playing better than him at the moment, but I I don't see a reason why he should get into the team. I'm being honest.
0: Yeah. I mean, if he was only getting in because of the price tag, then, um, that's not, that's not what you deserve to get in. Like you got to earn your spot and you really hope that we didn't just miss, you know, with that money. But if we did, we did. And we got to, we got to learn from it. But I think, I think he'll come good eventually, but, um, he he didn't feature today. So, so that's it. um, there, there was that one chance laid on with with um, Cedric and Obafemi, and maybe you know, maybe a, a I don't know more crafty striker kind of f- finds a way to finish that. But I, I'm, I'm more gonna put that on Cedric when we get there. Um, just teaser <laughs> yeah. for anybody who's listening. Um, yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, I mean the I found it a little bit odd that we chose to go with the back four for the first time in a long time away from home um, against a team who was going to line up with two strikers. Um, I found that to be a little bit odd, especially because it made us not match Arsenal's shape to start, and I think all of their fans would have been upset that they were going with a back five or a back three um, at home against us, and and so it was a little bit um, weird for for me to see that. And once again, this is a game where you don't have Oriol Romeo or in there, and and I don't, I'm not criticizing uh, the guys who were in there because I thought they played well uh, for the most part today, but I was just, you know. If you're, if you're looking at a, a top six team and deciding this is the match I'm going to to kind of pull that def- that true true defensive midfielder yeah. out, uh, put a more attacking midfielder in, uh, get rid of a center back, like all of a sudden it just seemed like maybe counterintuitive to what I would have thought would have happened given who we were playing. And but that said, Arsenal have been struggling as well, so I'm um, you know maybe we go attack them. And I think I think overall, uh, you know, if you if you just take out the last couple of minutes, I think we can be fairly happy and and I think we would have gladly taken all three points. And it feels right now, like it's like it's two points dropped, not a, not a point gained. And that's, that's different than I think we normally would feel going to Arsenal. Yeah. And uh, we've had some close calls there in in the past. It seems like, um, I can recall Alexis Sanchez, I think coming off the bench and and putting it across to, to, uh, I think take all three points away from us, um, late on, um,
1: you know, you're, you're rude. You're meeting us at every every season.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter who he plays for. It seems like. Um, and then also, I, I remember back to to Fraser Forster and that ridiculous game he had where he seemed to save everything, yeah. and that was only a point. But that was a much different feeling uh, walking mm. out of my buddy's house that day, having watched that, and then then I, I see right now doing uh, with this one. So um, anyway, we'll 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 get to to all of that. But um, mm. I don't know, like. Lineups there, yeah, it I was, guess
1: it was interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I guess I'll ask you this: it, Looking at that lineup, is there anybody you would have changed beforehand? Is there any? Is there any like one just one player swap you would have changed? You not changing the formation or anything like that.
1: Pre-game, I think before before the whistle blew. I mean, when I when I first saw it, I thought, okay, interesting. We were going with a four triple two of Armstrong and Cam. or we're going with a four three three of Pierre being the holder midfielder. Initially, I thought, okay, away from home. Yeah, I, I know we play a lot better away from home, but why have we taken Oriel Romeo, who has probably been our best midfielder this season, after Stuart Armstrong, who's been in and out of the side? Of course, I know Stu is a class player, and loads of fans have been calling him into play, and we saw we saw why today. Um, it, was just, it was just a very interesting lineup to go with. I mean, in terms of the back four, I can't really fault it in the state that we're at, I would like to see Valerie being incorporated a bit more back into the lineup, um, because I mean Cedric. I ever since he's come out and said, "Yeah, I'm leaving in the summer." Ever since he's come out and said that, his performances have been woeful, absolutely woeful. He's not looking for a. a if he's playing like this now and he's saying that he's prepared to leave, he's not going to get like a nice a nice transfer. I reckon he'll just return to some Portuguese side. But I would like to see Jan come through a bit more. Obviously, there's the conversation that defensively Cedric's a bit better, yes. But yeah, what you have to remember is Valerie's only 20 years old, so he needs the experience. And we saw how well he can play last season. He was fantastic towards the end of last season. Um, in terms of the front two, Obafemi and Ings, obviously, that's a lot of pace there. I think Ings was kind of... I know he's a number nine, but he kind of played more as the number 10, if that makes sense. Trying to use Obafemi's pace. Um, obviously Red is he's going to start. Prowse, a weird one. Obviously, he scored today. It was a kind of a lucky rebound, but, you know, goal's a goal. Um, last couple of weeks, he's been kind of um, scrutinized a lot by press, by fans. Um, but what kind of surprises me is he can have a bang average game, and, you know, you'll find that neutrals in the press will just hail him as this set-piece king who deserves to play every game, because he's an academy player. And yeah he played decent today, but I do think we need to have a look at him and think, okay, he could be playing a bit better um but obviously this is this is thoughts before the the fast whistle before the game has even started, and I think obviously I think RaAF got the tactics bang on today um i mean the the shape that we did go with, with the four three three because when they were playing three at the back, the wingers were really, really useful in terms of stretching them. You could obviously the when they had three at the back, Luis playing on the left side did not want to come up against Obafemi um, in terms of Obafemi's pace. Um, Obafemi rounded him a couple of times and then uh, for the rest of the match, you could see uh, that Luis backed off uh, because obviously he's a clumsy player. Uh, but it was, it was interesting how we integrated everyone. McCarthy, yeah, he's fine to start. He was, he was excellent today. But, I mean, before the whistle, I saw a couple of fans you know, thinking, you know, what's going on. Ralph, you know, uh, he's integrated a few different interesting players there, but he's obviously seen some stuff and some people over the international break and it worked. I mean, it was, we played very, very well, if not the best we played this season so far.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I I wonder if some of the guys going on international break, will miss that first game back just because you've had the chance to work with uh, maybe a center back pairing over the course of the, of the, the 10 days or whatever it is um, that, the guys have been around and been together, but at the same time, like, you know, Bednarak has been under Hassan He's, I think he's, I think he started every game, every, every Premier League game. And I don't think that's going to change. It was a little bit interesting to see him come over to the left. So Stevens can play on the right, but, um, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything about that. Although McCarthy did, I think, well, no, the ball, the ball took Bednarak out and then uh, McCarthy took, uh, Steven's out. It's like
1: Yeah, he punched him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah.
0: No, reminiscent of Swansea away a couple of uh, yeah, seasons oh, ago for So um that. anyway. Um so I mean to to start to start the match, it it I mean, Armstrong had to go right away, right? Like that that shot hmm. was wide, but we It was
1: we, what we, we needed to see
0: that. Yeah. It pressed up, energy, um, you know, having taking a chance and just seeing kind of kinda of what goes on. But it, it seemed like through the first seven to 10 minutes, like nobody really had a foothold. It seemed like the ball was kind of bouncing around a lot. There were a lot of, you know, uh, clumsy kind of like people would string three or four passes together before making an errant one. It was going back the other way. And I I thought the game was pretty, pretty open for the most part and, and fairly enjoyable to watch just if you were just going to sit back and watch the game kind of, kind of flow back and forth. But, um, I mean, what was the first, I guess, real moment that, that stood out to you in terms of, uh. Uh, of the team and maybe what they were maybe what Hassan Huda was trying to do or maybe some improvements over Everton which is basically I guess everything because that game was like you said terrible
1: Hmm. I mean in terms of um, from the first whistle you could you could see it obviously Danny Ings would run through brick walls for Southampton he loves the club so much and yeah we love him for that Um, but it was when I saw um, I was starting to press the back the back three really Um, we were chasing balls trying to intercept as you said it was quite a slow start game so in terms of someone getting a foothold. Obviously, the pace was fast, but um, players couldn't really string passes together. And I feel like um, when when we first started, it was obvious that we'd worked on press. I mean, you could see... uh, I remember when Ralph was speaking a couple of days ago, he was speaking about pressing triggers. And uh, you could definitely see from passing forward to a long ball from Stevens or whatever, we were pressing the back three as, as much as we could. And that reminded me an awful lot of when we played Arsenal on our first first home match last season mm-hmm. I remember watching the videos of uh, Armstrong pressing against Bellerin when we saw that again today it was really good to see that you know RB Southampton may, may or may not be um, but finally, finally got that charisma back obviously it's only one game we'll see how that goes but it was a very very scrappy start to the game with lots of cheap fouls obviously you saw Ingsy's yellow card don't know why he left a leg in um, but I felt, I felt like the midfielders were very eager to shoot today whether that was because of what happened at Man City in Prowsky's goal, you know, when Armstrong shot on the greasy surface and Anderson scored it. Um, you said about Armstrong, you know, Pierre had a go, Prowsky had a go from even the halfway line, which was strange to see. Um, but yeah, it was a very scrappy start. Um, I thought we looked good in terms of our shape. Looked very good. We'll get onto our shape later on defensively, but overall it was it was a good start. And We, and we definitely started on the front foot, as you would to Hover, away from home.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess now that the the first real moment that comes up is is Ings's goal, and um, you know Arsenal were appealing for I I don't know if it was a foul elsewhere, but but we get the the foul. Bertrand is alert enough to put the ball down, and they kept replaying it on on the American feed. The ball was was moving slightly as Bertrand took it, but I think that just that couple of moments there for Bertrand to see. Ings for to play it quickly to, and for Ings to be alert enough to just turn and I mean, he obviously wasn't expecting it, but his reaction is, is, is fast enough or quick enough for him to turn and just run and then, you know, get a little bit of luck to get it off the inside of the post just enough to put it into the net. But I mean, that's the type of goal that I would normally see other people score against us and so for us to to be able to turn that around and and go up on arsenal like that and take advantage of their kind of vulnerability right like that that meant a, a lot to me and i think that changed how i felt about um how i thought the match was going to go because i was not overly confident um uh, going into the match just for some reason i didn't quite feel like like we were going to be uh, to be able to do it because we hadn't been you know you look at what we did at Everton; it just wasn't it wasn't good enough. So um, to see that from the team early on, I thought was uh, was a big plus. And then I was just hoping we could uh, you know continue to carry on. And we didn't to, to our credit, we didn't just sit back after that. We kind of kept in it and kept after it, and I thought that was good.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the goal the goal the goal was a good it was a good one to see um, for Bertram to have you know, the initiative to do that. Um, obviously, we were lucky that Louise was called lacking, um, but I really liked he's confidence because uh when, when the bulls first gets released to him he gets his head up he sees all the family but then he also sees i think it was Bellowin or tierney coming in uh oh he's obviously gonna intercept that yeah. so i really like his confidence in front of goal at the moment what is he eight eight uh eight goals in seven games or something ridiculous i think he's positive at the moment um but he is he's he the striker we need um and he's the striker that, that we paid for i mean 20 million but we're paying for a good striker here. um yeah i thought after the goal we 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 normally sit back, I mean, especially at home, we normally sit back quite deep, you know, try and, try and do what we do against Man City and just launch balls out of our box, just intercept everything, no press at all. But we did, we kept him on the front foot. I think he could have had another one with that shot from outside the box. I think it had a little bubble, flew over the bar. But it really, you really could see us scaring Arsenal's defence. Um, obviously, they're not the best defensive side in the league, but they're still a top, an established top six club. So that was really good to see. But we need to bring this energy into home games honestly if we if we play today like if if we play like we did today against the likes of norwich Watford teams that we can really break down and exploit their weaknesses, then I think we should be fine for christmas i mean we've got we've got the the squad depth in front of in in terms of forward players to do that um but i mean yeah it was it was it was good to see. Uh, the Bertrand to to do that because he it shows that he's alert. Normally we would just let Walprow swing a ball in and then no one get their head to it and it just ends up as a goal kick. But he he thought, yeah, screw it, oh, let's get Ingsy in, and it paid off.
0: It's just I think the, my biggest worry right now is consistency. Like we yeah. have seen us play the way we did against Everton, um, and I think we've seen that more often than we would have liked. Even though Everton was I think an extreme example, we've seen than us play the way we did today for, for the majority of the match. I think that's actually probably the norm is we play pretty decently for, for a lot of the match. And then there's just a few moments where we can't hold it together, whether it's concentration or whatever it is. And and we allow other teams to, to, you know, the, the opportunity to, to, to take, take something back from us. So I think going forward against Watford, we just have to come out and realize like it's not, about what they are going to do. We, we need to just impose ourselves on that. Um, same thing at Norwich or with Norwich and then, and then away to Newcastle where that seems to be a a terrible place for us to go recently. So I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, Mm, we go in there and do okay there, but, uh, we will, we will have to wait and and see how that kind of unfolds. But, um, anyway, Arsenal come back, uh, I guess out of nowhere kind of and come in for, for for their goal. Right. Um, tyranny with, a uh the cross the shot from uh, Abameyang is blocked um but then Lacazette is allowed to collect um the rebound and, and ties the game and and that's what a striker of that quality is going to do you know like with Abameyang and Lacazette you have to mark them and Abameyang was too open uh, Bertrand did enough to to I think get the block in but then nobody's tight enough to to Lacazette and we allow him to bring the ball down and 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 shoot so I think is that I mean because the cross came in and, and it went across and it's a rebound, are we, are we now going to be critical of, of people not being tight enough to, to Lacazette? Or is that, is that too harsh on, on players who are kind of scrambling back and just trying to get in the way of a shot, I guess?
1: Well, I mean, players scrambling back, I mean, ideally, you don't have that situation. Uh, if you look at the first goal, when the ball gets played through um, on the inside of Cedric to Tierney, who crosses it in, if you have a look at our defensive line, we are all over the shop. Mm-hmm. You've got, I, I think it's uh, Stevens trying to clear it, but he's, he's on the edge of our six-yard box on the right corner. I'm not sure why because there's no runners there. What that leaves is Bednarek caught with Bertrand with Bellerin behind Bednarek and Bednarek with Obamiak. So what that really does give you is lots of space for Lacazette to you know, try something. Um, of course, Bertrand does very well with the, with the block. But the runners coming in, I mean, obviously we need, that's why you would have two CDMs. I'm not saying we should have played that way, but that's why you would have, have a CDM to track the runners coming in. It's very, very similar to the goal that we conceded against them last season, their first goal. Um, he Bamiang, um, Lacazette got behind uh, our defense way too easy. And he had, he had so much time to bring that down and, and fire. It, it wasn't. It wasn't great. Uh, if you look at Stevens' awareness, you'll see him press, try and press on him, trying to get the block in, but he should have been there in the first place. Simple as that. He yeah, he wasn't marking anyone. Um, there's only no to mark the post in that situation, especially after Bertrand blocked it. So I'm not sure what he was doing. I thought overall Stevens had an okay game, but his spatial awareness wasn't good enough. He wasn't he wasn't aware of who was around him. We saw that with um, in the second half with Pepe when Pepe was through on goal. I think Ozil passed it to Pepe you see Stevens side by side with Pepe at that point, you don't go running at, at Ozil because you know, it's Ozil. he's going to mug you off. Right. And that's what he does. He just completely sprints it and takes four or five steps, sprints it in. just allows, allows Ozil just to kill the ball inside him. And then Pepe's in. Thank God he didn't finish, but it was, I, 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 thought, I thought Stevens just needs to step up in that department um, in, his, in his defensive awareness. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that's just one of those things where we we can see. I guess, I guess for me, looking at Stevens, he came in against City and had a decent performance. Had a, I think a really good performance against City. Yeah, he played uh, very well in, in the league in the league game. Um, and then, you know, he kind of I guess continued that. I, I guess he was okay, but uh, I, I think that he's just fine directing traffic and and kind of being the guy in the middle of a three uh he's good on the ball, which I think is why you have him in that position um yeah, so either either kind of backs to the wall organizing just clearing with headers or whatever fine um on the ball with space fine um it's that in between kind of you know in the scramble in the in the heat of the moment where it's just kind of instinct and reaction it's where he's not so good and and it seems like that's where he was exposed twice. He made that mistake to come for to Ozil and Bednarak was able to get back and kind of block Pepe's cross, even though I think uh, Pepe should have just gone it himself. I think he probably scores there, but um, yeah. you know, Bednarak yeah. is, is there to cover for him. So, um, you know, I mean, I'm guilty of making that mistake as well. Uh, I did it a bunch of times today. Uh, got yelled at <laughs> a bunch um, and I'm playing, you know, not professional level uh, football by any means, but um, you know, it's just one of those things where I, guys are going to make mistakes and you have to just hope we, we kind of cover for it. Although, um, I think, I think the Arsenal back uh, center backs played made, made plenty of uh, mistakes as well. Um, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and, and Glenn oh. Delacour will be happy that, uh, you know, Callum Chambers only played half the, half the match, um, <laughs> <laughs> because that's what he gets for going to Arsenal. So, um, anyway, I, overall, I was, I was pretty happy with, with how the first half went. I thought that us playing with, um, you know, I thought we were pressing well. I thought we were we were making life difficult for for Arsenal, and uh, I think that was exactly what we would have wanted to do. Um, I thought I thought they looked pretty bad uh, uh, for a lot they of it. Awful. Um, yeah. Other than other than Ozil, I think Ozil, I think watching Ozil is 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 great because he is. I don't know. I, I enjoy watching. Ozil, I don't care if he's playing for Arsenal or against us. I'd rather he not play against us, but... Um, you know, yeah, just- he,
1: was, he, was, he was fantastic today, has to be said.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have anything else in the, in the first half, but mm. I think...
1: I mean, that, well, that was just a lot of bookings. It was a very stop start. Yeah. A lot of tactical fouls. Um, it, was an, it was an interesting start. I mean, I think it was ideal for us to rattle them in the first half, and I think we did that very well. Um, make them uncomfortable, because obviously that's the one thing you want to do when you're playing away from home, is make the home feel... Home team feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, and we did that by going up one nil early, putting in all these tackles, kind of shoving them around, and really going at them. So first half, I'd say probably the best we played all season, which is weird to say that, seeing as we're mainly a second half team. But, yeah,
0: well, yeah. and I mean, we go into halftime having had ten shots, and only two on target, but ten shots, and that's that's us at least trying to create chances, even if we're not finishing them well. And that's I think we'll take that, you know. Um, mm, pl- plenty of tackles, uh, plenty of breaking up their play. They only, uh, you know, they had 82% passing accuracy. I've, I've seen Arsenal have a lot better than that, um, from mm. from time to time, and I would expect more from them. But um, I think that goes down to us making it uh, uncomfortable for them. And but once again, we committed more fouls, but they are going to get wind up with more yellow cards for one reason or another. And I think that goes down to when we're choosing to foul, when the the pressing triggers that are there, and if um you know you if you I think if you foul people at the right time in the right way you kind of get away with it a little bit and yeah and and we did that so um Arsenal made a change coming out of halftime um they pull Chambers off they put Pepe on uh they changed their shape a little bit and they have that that two-on-one kind of right away which is what we were talking about with um with Stevens kind of making that mistake toward stepping towards Ozo there um I mean they, they arsenal looked like they had a little bit of something else in coming out of halftime. Um, But we were right back in it, you know, that, 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 that interception kind of happens and we go right down the other end and and Redmond's down there and forces a save from, from Leno. Um, And then we go right down the other end again and Pepe goes close again uh, into the ground off the bar and um, Obafemi picks up, it gets fouled in the aftermath. And it just seemed like we were going to go end to end and kind of, you know, be engaged, be ready because God knows what's going to happen over the, over the course of the next 45 minutes.
1: Yeah. It was, it was a crazy start to the second half. I mean, um, you wouldn't expect Pepe to score that. I, I didn't think he had any right getting as close. He did. He did very well. Um, the bicycle kick into the floor. Um, I thought chances in the second half, uh, in terms of us, I thought we had, obviously we had some very good chances later on, um, Earlier on, I thought Redman was right to test the keeper. Uh, I thought our link-up play was nice. I thought we had good press from the midfield and upwards. I thought we were linking passes together, using Dannings instead of more as a getting behind striker. I think we were using him more as a link-up play to bring the midfield and the wingers into it a bit better. Um, See him playing more of his back against the goal, which is, I mean... In terms of Ingzi, he can do both because he's strong enough to do that and he's he's got the passing. We've seen how good his passing is, it's very, very good. But he's also got the pace to get him behind. So it's, it's nice that we can use him in that way. Um I thought McCarthy did some very good saves. Obviously at Bamiyang had that really good um opportunity. Um and that for McCarthy was a phenomenal save. Phenomenal save. I thought he I, I thought McCarthy had an excellent game. Really, really, really good match. Um he obviously had the Abamiang save, and then he also obviously had the uh, Willow header that he saved very comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in terms, of, in terms of defensively, again, I'll go back to Cedric. I thought he was poor. Once again, he just looked very beatable down that side. Um, yeah, I thought overall link-up play was good. We were playing more as a team. Obviously, Arsenal were going to come at us in the first 10 minutes, but we held our depth really nicely, and we, up, we held our structure which was something really good to see. We saw the defense kind of moving back a bit, getting behind the ball, but then pressing in the right moments to turn it into a 2-on-1. Um, Once you have Arsenal's 2-on-1, which you touched on. Again, Fed directed very well there. That should have Arsenal should have been 2-on-up at that point. So I think that you're lucky there. Uh, game gets a lot more intense. Um, but yeah, it was It was a very, all the way through. It was a very, very scrappy game. And then, obviously... Obviously, we get onto the big moment of Walprous's well, penalty. Was it a penalty? That's up, that's, up, that's up for discussion. I'd say yes, it was. Obviously, obviously I would. But uh, yeah, I thought, I thought he. The penalty itself was poor. Good save from Leno, but poor penalty. But he, he tucked it in, and we're, and we're bouncing again.
0: I got a lot of text messages about that penalty uh, from people yeah. here, going, "That's not. That's never a penalty." And then, um, it, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I, it was pretty soft, but...
1: Yeah, uh, it, always, it was pretty soft, yeah. Uh,
0: I was actually kind of surprised. I mean, I guess it's one of those things, again, where if it goes, if it, if it doesn't get called, VAR's never overturning that either way. You know, it, 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 that call is going to stand. But that was that was soft, but Tierney did, did impede his run. He did pull him back a little bit. And whether Ings is looking for it and drawing that, uh, I think that that goes to, to part of his game that he's pretty good at. Is um, He's very intelligent. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's that's what sets him apart from some of these other guys who were just super quick and kind of clumsy. You know, you look, I, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean to speak long. ill of, of Obafemi, but you look at him running in there like that. Like he may yeah. very well trip, trip up or get tripped and, and that's never going to happen. But uh, the way Ings does it, he gets the foul. Um Unfortunately for, for Ward Browse, that, that penalty was pretty poor. Um, but oh, You yeah. expect it, better from him. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he talks away the rebound, it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll call it good. Uh, and, and from there, it's the, I think the fans around arsenal, they are not, they were not happy. They were not happy at all. I think they got booed off at halftime. Um, yeah, and then they were not really even, I don't think, I don't think their fans were, were behind them really that much. I think they were pretty upset with how things are going and it's not just today. It's, it's all season. Um, I think we only have two clean sheets all season. That's not what you would expect from from them, um, no, especially. I mean, no. you know, nobody wants an Emery there, and that's that's okay. Uh, you know, Pochettino's open now, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be, you know, I think I think all the Arsenal fans celebrated when uh, Mourinho went to to Spurs. Um, I have Arsenal supporting friends, and they are they are very happy about that cuz that means he can't go to arsenal <laughs> yeah um so yeah. uh you know that that's it but um yeah i thought like you mentioned the the game being pretty scrappy it's, there seem to be tackles going in everywhere and you know from this point it just like, like can we just hold out you know we're up 2-1 uh there's 20 minutes left can we do it and and i'm i'm kind of looking at the shots on target our shot's period here um, I think we outshot Arsenal uh, from the time that we mm-hmm. were ahead uh, at two-one exactly. to the end of the match, and that's that's something where you would not expect us to to do that. You would expect us to sit super deep, um, and we didn't. We made we made subs that uh, try to try to put Arsenal on the back foot, and we spent most of uh, the stoppage time, most of the the last twenty minutes or so uh, in their half. And I thought that was that was that was better from our team, even though the the final score doesn't bear that out.
1: Yeah. I mean there's always the case of can we hold on? And the answer's always no we can. Yeah. Yeah. Um unless unless obviously the Swansea match. But uh yeah, it was it was a painful watch. Um if you follow me on Twitter you'll see I was kind of freaking out. Mm-hmm. Just panic tweeting constantly. I mean, after they scored, I felt the exact same today as I did when we played Everton in when when Mark Hughes was here in the 17-18, when Tom Davies popped up in the ninety plus six. That's the feeling I got. Oh yeah. And yeah. It was painful. That felt, at that point, it felt more of a loss because obviously, it was just, we miss what? Jennifer misses. Bufal misses. genopin uh, misses again. Um, we have all this possession, We have all this opportunity. Hoiberg, for some reason, goes on this crazy run and decides to shoot when he's got options left and right and we could have taken it into the corner at this point. And you think, you, it, it's times like this where hindsight is such a like, great thing in football where you just turn around and think, what if, what if we just, it into the corner. I, don't know, I think Shane and Will Prowse tried to do that, but it was horrible. It was a horrible feeling, and the defending was poor. It reminded me of the Walker goal, you know, the Man City in the, in the Man City game, uh-huh. reminded me an awful, awful lot of like that. Um, seven minutes out of time. Obviously, Bednarek, Bednarik goes down, and then Stevens gets punched in the head, which is, you know, interesting. Um, but, oh, just yeah, I was I was speechless. I was angry disappointed, frustrated, but Hey, we would have taken a point before the game anyway, but it's the way, it's the way that we drew. was, yeah, we should, we should have been three, one, four, one up. That's
0: horrible. Yeah. I I think that's the most disappointing thing is we had opportunities. We, we did the, the appropriate thing in that we stayed out of our own half. You know, we didn't just sit back and try to absorb pressure. We went forward, we attacked, Mm -hmm. we, we created opportunities to put the game away, not just see it out, but put it away. And that's a big difference, you know?
1: Yeah. And
0: and I think that, that shows where it's at, but then you just see the kind of lack of, whether it's lack of confidence, whether it's lack of quality, just, you know, um, I think that's what hurts because we were so close to, to just, driving the nail, the, the final nail in the coffin for Arsenal. And, and potentially, I think I tweeted going into the stoppage time, like Unai Emery has seven minutes left in his Arsenal managerial career, and I should probably <laughs> delete that based yeah, on I what happened. But, I mean, that's that's really what it felt like. Arsenal didn't look like they had an answer. And and for us, I think that's that speaks volumes, because we haven't had that yet. And you go from the first half of, of the Everton match, where Hasan uh, was literally standing on the touchline, yelling at people to press, and we're not pressing, to uh, jump to the last t- 17 minutes of this match, uh, stoppage time included, where we are going forward and and applying all the pressure where you would expect us just to kind of hang back and, and, and be just under siege, basically. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's just, it's super disappointing because you just, I always wonder, you know, when you do this, when you play in this manner, in this style that requires the guys to do all of this running and put forth all of this effort, and then you fall short time and time again, like at this point does does that make the guys go like look we shouldn't do this we should just sit back because the results are the same and it's a lot easier to just sit back and and head balls and yeah, clear sure. them you know
1: um, if if, that, if if they were to do that, the, the fan base would get on their backs so fast.
0: Yeah, well, and, be and
1: ridiculous. It,
0: it kind of makes me wonder if that's why Remey wasn't in the lineup today. Like, I think he was one of the guys who, mm. they were yelling at him to press up last time. And and I don't want to start rumors or anything like that. But it's just I'm trying to to, to put it all together. But um, yeah, uh, I don't know who tweeted this or put it out there or whatever. But um, basically they said it was a list of all Ings Premier League goals and the fact that we haven't won. Mm any of those matches, um, well, I just it's like not. to say, well, we would have lost more of those matches had this not happened. So, or had yeah, he not it. scored those goals. So I'm still going to take, uh, Danny Ings in our squad each and every week. Um, but we got, we got quite a few questions and we should, yeah. we should try to, to, to move through them because the, the matches there, uh, obviously going forward, Watford is important. Norwich is important. Uh, we have matches to win. I, I, I guess I'll ask you this before we move on if we play mm-hmm. in that manner uh, next week, if we just go out and, and do as we did today, um, will that be good enough, you think?
1: Oh, yeah. So if, for example, Watford, but in terms of obviously what we've seen, um, defensively, very, very poor. They're relying on Craig Capcom at the back, which, you know, anyone who knows him knows it's not, not the best. And obviously Darryl Yanmat, yes, he's a Premier League vet, but I think if we play like that, intensity really coming at them. If we play with no pressure on our shoulders, yeah, we'll take the three points. I'm pretty sure. Um, but then again, it's football. Anything can happen. Um, but the manner, it, I, I I, I hate to say it, but it is such a six-point match. These next matches we got coming up, I saw Carl say, um, say earlier, if we can win both these matches, we'll, we'll jump out of the bottom three very fast if we play like we did today. Yeah. And I can't help but agree, because the chances we created nine times out of ten we put those away. It's just, a, it's just Cedric's probably not got half a brain yeah. uh, to put that one on the full 4 of the Femi. So, yeah, yeah, I
0: mean, that I, is, that is I, one If we things. play like that,
1: if yeah. we play like that, then, yeah, definitely, but that's the thing. It's a big if. If we have the energy, if we keep up the intensity, obviously, our home form, we haven't, I can't believe we haven't got a home win yet. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But, let's just, let's just pray. Let's just pray we play like that. I think that's, that's all we can do now as fans, is just pray. Yeah, that's what we got.
0: I mean, we we created the opportunities today. We put ourselves in the positions, and and I, I mean, any other two players, I think, in that position, and the ball is slid on the floor and and yeah. slotted in, you know, and, no and that's that's over. The game is over. I think Arsenal deflates after that. Everybody leaves the stadium, and so that's a dub. That's yeah, a dub. absolutely. Dub. And yeah. it's, I guess, as much as it it hurts to watch that over and talk about it again, the the fact that it was there to, for us to win is so much more than we can say about so many of the matches we've had this year, you know, where, mm. and, and so we'll go with that. Uh, I, not, not, not to be the bearer of bad news, but Norwich won today two nothing in Everton. Um, so oh. that's fantastic.
1: <laughs> Great.
0: Yeah. So uh, Brilliant. Uh, yeah. Uh, on to the, on to the questions before we cry. Um, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> all right. So we have some from the patrons. I put the questions out to them a little bit earlier. Uh, because one of the perks that they get is they get priority for having their questions answered on the show. So we have one from Mike Banks here. Uh, and in addition to saying congratulations for uh, you know the 150 episodes, I appreciate that, Mike. Um, he says, we have a lot of average central defenders. Uh, each one seems to hit a run of form from now, now and then, um, followed by a, a general decline. If you could keep only two of them and stick with that lineup through thick and thin, who would it be? Uh, which two have the potential or current ability to get us out? Of our situation, uh, of nearly every attack resulting in a goal. Um, he says, P.S. I have one of the Weimar March on scarves that were handled yes. right before yes. the ever the match, if you fancy it. Um, it's haunted by the terrible display from it. <laughs> from it so I'm not I sure. I just want to get rid of it, is what he said. So,
1: um, I saw the dead the pitch. Oh, man. It was, it was um,
0: ridiculous. You know, <laughs> other than the fact that. Well, see, I, I mean, the school I teach at is also the Saints. It's hard. But, uh, Mike, I will get back to you on that. Um, but if you can only pick two centre-backs so from here and, say, you know, barring injury here mm-hmm. to the rest of the season, they're your centre-backs in a, in, a, in a back four, uh, who would you go with from, from now until um, the end of the season?
1: That's a, that's a great question. <laughs> because the centre-backs we got perhaps oh, absolutely dreadful. Um <laughs> I would say, obviously, number one, Benarek. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's not great, but you can't drop him. <laughs> um, for me, Yoshida, <laughs> I mean, it kind of has, just has to be, he's a very, he's not, you know, the best player, but in terms of what he does and the passion he shows, he's very good. You look at Vestergaard, he's accident prone. Yes, he's six to six and has a great, great hair, but, you know, you can't you can expect a start in every match. Um, Same with Stevens. I mean, yeah, he's hit form now, but let's be real, he's not a great player. Um, I mean, you probably heard me rant about it if you listen to the the full podcast. But for me, yeah, Yoshida. Obviously, we got Danso, but we've only ever seen him play once in centre-back. And he was, yes, it was against Fulham, but he played well. I really, I've been banging on about this. I want to see Danso play in either a back five or a back four. I just want to chuck him in just for a game and just see how he goes. I think he could be the key. If he's solid, he could be the key. But for me, if I had to choose one on proven record, definitely Yoshida and Um Yoshida's a club man. He's, he'd, he'd die for this club, I'm pretty sure. I love him. He loves me. Shout out to um, the guy tweeting Yoshida every day of a photo of him until he follows him back on Twitter. I said <laughs> that happens soon. Um, but yeah, definitely Yoshida.
0: Um, well, definitely Bednarak for me. Um... Yeah. And I'm, I'm not. I mean, the other ones, I'm not sure. I mean, sure, like you said, Stevens' hit form now looked decent lately. Um, but I think we've, we've all kind of seen the best of what he can offer, and I don't, not sure that's, that's good enough. Um, mm. I would be content with having Yoshida on the bench every week in case yeah. something happened. Like, and so I'm going to cheat um, <laughs> to do this because <laughs> I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'd be willing to put out a back four of. Um, Valerie, Vednarak, Danzo, and Bertrand the rest of the season, I think, yeah. and just let it happen. And although I'm not sure, because we haven't seen Danzo do it enough, you know, like, we Vestergaard also looked really good in the Bundesliga. Danzo looked decent in the Bundesliga. So you don't really know, like, if yeah. if, it, if it translates, right? So, like, but hmm. I would... I, I just based on his age and that's a, that's a center back parent we could have for several years to come if we keep it all together. So I think Definitely. for that reason alone, I just say go with it and just let them develop together. Let them learn. Um, and I think that way you have Benrack on the right, Danzo on the left and, and, and you just, you just go with it. I think that's, that's what I would do if I could have you sheet on the bench for, for an injury. So that, that would be, uh, that would be just. ideal. Yeah. Um, Christian Candler asks uh, on Twitter, why can't we hold on to leads? Um,
1: (laughs) That's a question we've been asking for a long time, mate. I don't think I can answer that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's, it's super hard to, uh, to, to, uh, I'll just go back to what I said earlier. I'm super happy that we lost it going forward versus sitting back and just trying to absorb pressure where you, where, you know, the inevitable is coming, you know, Uh, because if we convert one of those two or three big chances we had at the end, then the game is over and and i would have taken i, I think it would be it would have, it would have felt so much better i think to um i don't know i i guess just the the sense of relief you get if you hold on to a lead like that versus oh, the
1: confidence.
0: the absolute yeah. joy you have when you just go and take it from someone like that when you just drive the ball into the net for the third or fourth goal and you just, mm. and everybody kind of knows, you know, I think that's a completely different feeling than just the relief and exhale. And, you know, can we do it again? Whereas I think if we keep creating chances like that, they will go in. And so but, I'll, I'll just say, I, 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 that's what I'll, that's where I'll go with that. I don't know if that answers the question, but that's what, that's what we're doing. Yeah.
1: I mean, in terms of holding on to our leads, it's a very difficult arm form. I mean, as, as Matt said, you know, it's good to go forward and press and deservedly we should, we should have won the game, but it, it's all about mentality and character. If we can actually hold on, keep our heads. Got to keep your composure at the back, um, keep the ball as much as you can. I think we didn't keep the ball as much. We could have kept it away from their players a bit more. But it's yeah. For for me, that question can't be answered in just a simple sentence. There's so much stuff going into it. But it was a good question. But let's hope we learn how to hold on to lead soon. It's ridiculous how many points we dropped. Yeah.
0: Um... All right, let's jump down to uh, the Patreon uh, Discord channel. Uh, Kevin McGee says, "As a Christmas present, you're given any transfer <laughs> you want. Who would you pick?" His ten-year-old son Sam is desperate for money. Um, he says, "VVD. Uh, who would you bring in? Uh, past player, new player? Who, who would you who would you have in?"
1: Any transfer, obviously. Obviously, don't say like, "Oh, I want Messi." That's just dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, for me. I'd actually take Mane back. I think Sam's spot on with that. Liverpool's top goal scorer, you see the quality he's got. I, th- I think he's up there top top five best players of the world. Without a doubt, for me, Sadio Mane. Especially at the moment on current form, I'd probably take him back. Obviously, that's stupid because we need the centre-half and if you're looking at centre-halves, then you've got look at Van Dijk. Uh, um Overall, yeah, I'd probably just take Mane. Just for pure, pure laughs and fun and whatnot but realistically we need a center back. So maybe someone like Nacho Fernandez is a good, good center back for, for, um, Madrid. But yeah. Okay. Probably, probably Mani. Okay.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't I don't know. I, I have a hard time like with the imagined, um, players coming in. Um, hmm. I, I, my wife yells at me all the time. Like I don't let the kids have any fun. It's just like, well, that's not happening. So why are we talking about it? <laughs> um, but, yeah. I think if you bring back either one of those, they improve the team. I mean, they're just, they're just, they're just really good players and they, they are good at their positions and they would improve, uh, all aspects of our team. Um, but I don't want Adam Lallana. So that's what I'll go with. No,
1: Adam do can stay where he is. That's, that's like a lump I'm...
0: of coal in your stocking. I think, um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's being harsh, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> Rob says, "Do you think there is a realistic chance of Saints staying up? If so, what do you think oh. needs to change for it to happen?" So, um, I mean, <laughs> re- I, I have been kind of on the brink of saying this is this is it. Like maybe we've tested it too many times, and and then this is the one that's going to catch us.
1: If we don't pick up wins against Norwich, Watford, the game Newcastle, the games coming up, if we don't. If we're not out of the bottom three by New Year, for me, we're done. We are done. We are gone. We are. You know, we are just relegated, and I'm yeah. kind of prepared because I thought it was going to happen last season. I thought it was going to happen 17, 18. I thought it was going to happen. Then I was, I'm prepared for us to go down. But it, I, there's people throwing stuff around on Twitter. Oh yeah, let's get you no, know, let's get relegated. Yeah, you know, it'll be a good chance to rebuild. Uh, no, uh, no, no. It would be the worst thing. Half our players would leave. They're on ridiculous wages. We wouldn't get as much income coming into the club like we do in the Premier League everything from broadcasting rights, to the actual position places um, that the Premier League give us for finishing in those places. Okay. Ralph would leave. Half his backroom staff would go. It would be abysmal and probably more chaotic than it is now. Um, but in terms of us staying up, we need points. And you say, what would need to change for it to happen? We need to pick up points. It's that simple. We, I don't care how we get them. We need points. We're still on two wins. We're still on two wins. We need I hope that to be five by New Year's, but I highly doubt it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. We just need wins. That's what we need.
0: Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to find a way to get them. And it's, mm. uh, you know, I don't know. I, as you, like you said, it doesn't really matter how it happens. It just needs to happen. Um, and you kind of touched on it there, but uh, Justin Woodward, one of the, another one of the patrons says, uh, would relegation be a good thing to clear out the Deadwood like Newcastle? Or do you think it would go uh, horribly wrong like Sunderland? Uh, which of those two situations do you see is more likely if, if we go down?
1: Sunderland. I, I hate to be a pessimist, but it's true. Definitely Sunderland because we've got we've got players who we signed when we were in sixteen seventeen season seventeen eighteen and we were like you know around the mid table mark and you can you can see that reflect in, in the wages that we pay for players. I think I think we we'd do a Sunderland. I'd, a Sunderland Stoke. Yeah, we'd we'd flop and it would be. I don't see Sunderland getting anywhere near the Premier League anytime soon. I don't yeah. think I don't think we have the character that Newcastle have in terms of not only the fan base but in terms of the funds that they do have coming into the club. Yeah, I know Mike Ashley's a bit tight, but he's there when you need him. He's actually you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll speak about the area later. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: like we're getting there. Uh, Kevin also asked. He says, "I have $100 in my pocket. Will that be enough money for him to have a pint and a bite to eat at the Emirates today?" Um, no, everybody no, laughed and said no. But then he said he managed Definitely to find not. a four dollar four pound beer. So I don't know. You serious? Yeah. So it, he's gonna have to f- tell us where that yeah, happened. Yeah,
1: you, you Gotta send me a link to that pub.
0: Yeah. Um so good good for him. I don't know if he ate though. He's probably starving. Um <laughs> but anyway, and also Kevin, you probably shouldn't tell a bunch of people you got hundred bucks, uh hundred pounds laying yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, watch out, mate. <laughs> um anyway. Uh we have some questions from Instagram. There's you see any there you would like to uh to answer. We have one uh, mm. About our okay. on on the rumored RB Southampton, uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. We talk about it a little bit, but um, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I, I will say that uh, there's one question here. It says why doesn't the club bring any quality first team coaches to help Ralph? I think we I talked about that last week with Carl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's more the most insight we're going to get. Um, so
1: yeah, I don't think I'll be able to touch any more than Carl did on yeah, that. So
0: check that one out. I think that'll that'll do it. Uh, Danny Ings, I think we're both we're pretty high on him in terms of, yeah, of how he's, he's been playing. He's right, he?
1: It's not too bad, definitely yeah. not. I think he's right, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then, uh, what's your what's your opinion about South? Uh, rumor oh. Southampton. And I don't know where this came from, uh, but it seems to be showing up. And I think it's. I, I tend not to like want to give airtime to just to blatant rumor, but I think this just boils down to, you know, we've been linked with Aaron Long. We have, you know, sent Josh uh, Sims on loan to New York. We have coaches who have been associated with, with, uh, the RB brand and, you know, we don't like the owner. So all of those things put together, you start making the connection, right? Like, like, I don't,
1: it's just, I think it's crazy. I don't know who came up with this, but, um, would I be down for it? Would I, what's my opinion on it? I mean, in terms of changing our name, RB Southampton, I'm not too sure. Um, obviously, it would mean more funds into the club, a well-known brand. Uh, in terms of our style of play, we already play like an RB club. We already, well, I'd say we try to um, play like an RB club. We press high, we try and win the ball back in high areas, and we try and score as many as we can, which is obviously what Leipzig do. In terms of Aaron Long, I, I read a bit about him. I don't think an MLS player is what we need right now but for 4 million you can't really complain. Uh, in terms of that whole situation obviously if you follow me on Twitter um, you'll see I am very Xiao out 100%. I don't think you can be a Saints fan and not be Xiao out. I think he's the worst thing to happen to the club um, in a very long time. Uh, but yeah I, if I'm honest, I'd be open to it. I think why not just become an RB club. It would, it would lead us to more links um, in terms of players, we can bring in. In terms of pressing stars, and it will give us more more of a brand. I think the only thing that RB wouldn't like about it is that Monster are our official energy suppliers or something, official drink supplier.
0: And that is a change.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, and
0: um, yeah. I, I mean, for me, I think that I don't, I'm not the most well versed in, I guess the the Bundesliga or or what. What happened? But I know people aren't happy with how that club kind yeah. of came out of nowhere. Was is is they just money? Yeah, and and you take a club <laughs> that doesn't belong and you you pump a bunch of money to do it, and make it something that it's it's kind of you know. I, I guess I, I guess people are upset with that, and and not just because it's the money, but because of the way they went about it. I think, but
1: mm, yeah, that,
0: definitely. But that that said, like you look at, I guess what America has built on and, and you, you know, you take something and you pump a bunch of money into it and you make it good. Like that's what that, so like, I have a lot of people who would be sitting if I kind of just showed them the story of, of, uh, of Red Bull as a, or RB, because they can't, they can't be Red Bull uh, and the Bundesliga. But if I showed them that they would, they would mostly be okay with how it happened. Um, Take just from a business perspective, you know, um, mm, from a, from a football kind of fan culture perspective, I totally understand the that it's tainted goods, and uh, I saw Chris Rand earlier point out that you know he wouldn't he wouldn't want that he'd take relegation kind of i think uh o- over it over over being associated with that so statement
1: yeah, that's a very big sale I mean obviously um I'm all for someone coming into the club and pumping money in. I'm all for that a hundred percent all for that in terms of the ethics, obviously you want it to be you know. Good. You don't, want, you don't want anything dodgy going around um, because that, that would just give, bring shame to the club. But in terms of the whole owner situation, apparently Xiao's been trying to sell us for the last six months. I haven't heard of anything about that uh, since it got leaked, but just get him out. If if RB come in now, then it's clean money that they're putting into the club. But I'm all for it. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I don't think there's enough out there for it to be legit. I mean, there's a few rumors, and I think Twitter's just absolutely ran with it. Yeah, and got too overhyped. Yeah, I think it. I think it kind of. I, I don't see it happening. I can see. I can see there was a guy I read the other day on Twitter. Again on Twitter, I'll say that again. But um, before Zhao came in, there was a businessman from Southampton who was we interested in buying the club, who's an actual Saints fan. I can't remember his name, um, but he he might be interested again. I'm not sure. But that would be fantastic if we had a homegrown owner mm-hmm. instead of a Chinese man uh, who doesn't even say anything about the club. Yeah, just um, if you want to see more Zhao Al propaganda, go follow me on Twitter. they will be posting a lot of it, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I that's the overall opinion.
0: Yeah, uh, and this this kind of brings me to the last thing that I want to kind of bring up here is that, I mean, if we're looking for someone to keep the club honest, because uh, the club doesn't respond to us on Twitter, they don't, you know, they don't. Yeah. Inter- they, <laughs> they they they're not they're not answering my questions, you know, or I think anybody that emails them with, with questions about ownership or the club or anything. And you can see mm. the occasional fan forums that happen. The, 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 guy, uh, that for the most part, I think provides us with the most insight to the club, um, through written, uh, you know, media yeah. is, is Adam Leach and he, Adam, he's gone now. I mean, the, the, this was his arsenal was his last match. And I think
1: a big, big blow.
0: Yeah, I think uh, super happy for him to be able to move on in his career and 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 take on a new challenge and a new position elsewhere. But I think as a, I think a, the more gutting than than the Arsenal draw is, and the drop points is the fact that the guy who I think has done the best job of holding Saints um, up and making making them answer the tough questions, even as much as he can. He can't do it all the time, but um, I I think that, that we are going to suffer going forward because of that. I think that, um, yeah, 100%. that especially given there are rumors now about potentially the sale of the club and things like that. And Adam was always very forthcoming and saying like, he's not interested in being the first one to tweet it or anything else, but the information he's going to get is going to be right. And he can't publish everything all the time. But, um, I am, I, I severely hope that whoever comes in to replace him, if, if the daily echo chooses to replace him, that they can pick up the slack quickly, because I think that, you know, you and I were talking earlier, we, we subscribe to the athletic. uh, We, we pay uh, to to read what Carl does, but Carl gets uh, Carl's new to the, to the job The the athletic doesn't have a relationship with the club, the way the echo does. um, And, and so it's going to take Carl a a while to, to kind of earn that trust and, and be in there and stuff like that. So, I am I am supremely worried about about what the club is going to be able to do now because essentially they are going to be choosing what stories get out um, through the Telegraph uh, for the most part and that that is not what I want I want somebody um, publishing c- quite frequently and and being able to to ask the the tough questions and hold them accountable uh, especially given that the owner doesn't speak uh, that we don't and and I think that's typical of football owners in general but just the the idea that that they're going to be able to to just kind of decide on their own what goes out and what doesn't um, through written pieces each and every week is, I, I think, a, a huge blow.
1: It's it's a real big shame. I mean, personally, Adam, thank you for um, everything you've done um, in terms of getting the truth out. I mean, yeah, it's you've been fantastic. And Matt's right, we are, we are going to miss that an awful lot, especially in the turmoil we're in at the moment. Um, it, it's a shame because, as you said, Matt, for the club to be able to choose what they bring out instead of stuff getting leaked or someone actually pressing the questions, um, it's going to be a very tough time for Saints fans. And I can see our fan base getting a lot more toxic and a lot more agitated towards higher staff members of the club as well, which obviously in turn won't help uh, because, of, because of the lack of communication. Um, it's just modern day football now. That's all it is. Um, you can't wait outside an owner's or a manager's house anymore. And the man for you know, the goings on at the club. You can't track down players. I have a, um, I have a friend who works for, a family friend who works for Bristol. I um, can't remember which, which newspaper it is now, but it's, it's one of the Bristol newspapers, which is a nearby city. And he covers Bristol City and Bristol Rovers. And he's, he's a journalist. He writes for both those clubs. Um, and he said, mainly it's the agents that leak stuff. Yeah. But obviously, who are they, they going to link it to now? You know, or what's going to happen with that? It is going to be a very scary time because we're not going to have the same. Yeah, Carl Zone, He's done a fantastic job, but he can, again, he hasn't been in the game for that long. It's going to be very, very hard for um, for fans to not hear about what's going on. The truth as well. There's going to be a lot of stuff, especially around owners. You know what? People are just looking for some cheap views uh, on their newspaper. It's going to be very, very difficult for us. But, yeah. yeah. We we just gotta take everything with a pinch of soul until it's released officially by the club or by the athletic or Yeah. Or a trusted news source.
0: And sometimes I think that it people just think, well it's it's just you know, it's just sports journalism. Like it's not the same. And and but journalism plays a huge role in, in how societies work and how democracies run and things like that. And you look around the world mm-hmm. at places that get to control the media that comes in or out and and I don't want to live there. I don't want to be a part of that. And No, definitely not. And I don't want my football club to be that way either. So um uh, that said, I, I mean I, I don't know. I mean i obviously it's gonna have very little bearing on what the Southern Daily Echo do. They're in a tough spot as a as a regional newspaper or local newspaper. That's that's been an industry that's been under under siege for some time. So um they hopefully whoever is there will do the best job they can and that's all we can ask. But um we're gonna need uh, someone to, to, to hold the club accountable and whether that's us and, and as fans and how we do that. Cause I mean, there's a lot of fan podcasts and things like that, but, um, ultimately, you know, we are, we're all feeding off of what the club is willing to release and it's all how we interpret it and, and everything else. So, um, we'll just have to wait and see, but I mean, I think, I think we've done, I think we've done it. I think this, unless you have something else you want to, you want to add, or do you have any kind of closing um, thoughts or, or anything like that?
1: So closing thoughts. Um, if we don't pick up points soon, we're in trouble. Um, big, big, big trouble. I don't care if, any, if anyone's listening to this, like in terms of players, if people know players, tell them, we don't care how you do it. <laughs> we don't care. Just get the points. Yeah. Just do it. Just put everything into it, because that's all we can ask. is if we put a 100 percent into this, like we did at the second half of last season, we'll be fine. If we don't get points in our in our upcoming games, and I mean a good amount, not a few draws, we're talking nine points, twelve points before the new year, we are we're ball bagged. We are, yeah, we we're yesterday's news. We're we're relegated, no doubt. Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully by Christmas time, we're yeah. having a, a slightly more positive conversation. Um, Let's hope
1: so, definitely.
0: But uh, but Rob, it's been a pleasure to have you on. I think. Thank you
1: this, very much. This is number you. three
0: for you. Um,
1: yeah, number three, I think. Yeah, yeah. half
0: So thanks for being, thanks for being part of the, of the, of the show for as as long as you have been and, and coming on and, um, yeah, I think I, I, I appreciate it. And and like I said before, like the, the number of episodes doesn't happen unless people come on and are willing to, to share their time. And, uh, you know, you're, you're keeping a late night for me to, to be able to record this now. So I appreciate that.
1: It's no um, problem at all. Yeah, anytime, anytime. Just, just give me a shout. But um, yeah, on behalf of the silent community, thank you for, for running the podcast. It's a really good outlet for people to share their views. Um, and it, it's a really good listen as well. Okay. Like to have people inside the club, outside the club, fans in general, like to come on the show, it, it gives us a, a really good chance. But yeah, congratulations on your 150th episode as well.
0: I appreciate that very much, Rob. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. And that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Rob Maddox. You can find him on Twitter at James Lord Prowse and on Instagram at Rob Maddox underscore. Thank you so much for joining the show. And Tom, I want to apologize again for double booking the show. I can't believe uh, I made that mistake, but uh, I hope you understand. We'll get you on the show soon. I still feel terrible. And this is several days later. If you want to follow this show on social media and get in touch and let us know what you think, you can do that. We are at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y on both Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC Delivery. was no underscore in the Facebook address. If you want to follow the show and listen and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes, you can do that on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There are a bunch of links and other things over at southhamtondelivery.com the website that has links to all of that stuff and where you can sign up for the newsletter that comes out each and every Friday. The show would not be possible without you as a listener, without the guests that we have on, without the patrons of the show. And I just want to say thanks again to all of them. Once again, be on the lookout for a new episode coming to you later this week ahead of our match against Watford. Uh, Very much looking forward to doing that here in the next couple of hours. Looking for the show is designed by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. And the partner page of the show is the Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, who you should follow for all of your Southampton FC news and needs for the show comes courtesy of the free music archive at freemusicarchive.org the intro song is epic song by boxcat games and the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is aim is true by potty to bear we will be back next week with another show we will continue this trend uh, as we work towards the christmas period and hopefully start picking up some points um, once again, thank you so much for listening. It really does mean a lot and I look forward to the next 50 or 150 or 100 episodes, uh, until my wife says no more. So anyway, thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Uh, we will talk to you next time, but until then, remember that together, march on.
1: Jack, try to keep it down.
0: <laughs> Can you hear him? Uh just a tiny bit, yeah. One fifty out the door. In the in the garbage already.